0: Hi guys, Catherine here. In case you're wondering, yes, I am still recording from my bedroom closet. This season we've been catching up with chefs and restaurant owners about what reopening in Boston has meant for them and finding out how we can show our love and support to these small businesses that play such a vital role in our community. There's so much passion and ingenuity that goes into keeping a restaurant afloat during a pandemic. And I hope you will join us to hear how things are going. By the way, We know it's difficult to navigate the restaurant scene through the coronavirus era. So we are here to help. Check out our takeout guide and patio guide on thefoodlens.com. We are really excited and optimistic that Boston restaurants are starting to reopen. Today, I'm going to chat with Yahya Noor from Tawakal Cafe in East Boston. And during these really difficult times, I just wanted to hear his perspective on resilience. I've known Yahya for a little bit and he has such an incredible story. Born in Somalia, he spent time in a refugee camp before coming to the United States. And I just want to hear, you know, his perspective on kind of the world right now and what we can learn from him. And of course, I always want to talk about the delicious food from Tawakal. So, we're all getting a lot of takeout these days. And one of our favorite spots is Celeste in Union Square. The owners, Maria and Juan Ma, are amazing, and you can seriously taste the love in their food. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I promise it is true. Whether you're eating their ceviches or their delicious stews or their steamed fish, um, it is such incredible Peruvian food. And if you haven't tried it yet, you must. So, go to their website, celesteunionsquare.com. And once you click on the toast tab to order online, you can add add promo code TFL10 and get 10% off your order. So that's promo code TFL10 off your order at CelesteUnionSquare.com. Hiya, hiya. How are you today?
1: I'm doing good. How you doing?
0: I'm good. What's going on at Tawakal Cafe?
1: Oh my gosh, so many good things happening. Uh, hopefully, it, you know, it becomes a, a steady thing. So, uh, now we have an outdoor seatings. Um, Yay. That's, that's the good thing. At least uh, we're able to actually see people enjoying themselves rather than... Uh, grabbing their food and leaving so we we are people uh you know uh people people i guess (laughs)
0: yeah absolutely i i knew you were building that little patio uh in the back and you got some help from was it commonwealth kitchen putting it together it looks beautiful on your instagram
1: yeah thank you uh you know commonwealth has been helping us tremendously in the sense of just trying to understand uh with you know what's happening with this pandemic so uh they have actually assist us uh in uh in a portion of um of the money that actually went into uh uh that parklet setup uh which is really it, it was um they have uh, we have pretty much the three of uh, us had partner the two of us had partnered with um a company called uh culture house uh, yes. uh this was their first basically uh an outdoor um uh, uh, design of a park list. So where we, we are like their pilot program, which is <laughs> what they have done was, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. for people who haven't been to your restaurant. Let's explain the situation. I mean, it's a very small space. It's in East Boston. And then describe this little outdoor space you have going on now.
1: So one of the biggest thing was like, a lot of people don't know much of a Somalian food so with you know us having you know prior to the pandemic we have this you know we have this smaller tiny place but that really created for people to actually come and try uh new food that they haven't tried it but at least what really made them feel welcoming or, you know, or even uh, the aspect of trying the food was like the coming in the space and uh, just meeting us, talking to them and explaining to them our food. So, you know, after, you know, when the pandemic happened, it was like, we didn't really have that uh, one-on-one, uh, you know, interactions with people. So that kind of really diminished of us educating people what Somali food is about. Uh, but then again, um, you know, we're definitely, again, blessed to still continue to have a business um, that's moving, right? So the park, the, you know, the park, lit, the, dish, you know, the, the outdoor seating, you know, it's almost like it's just kind of the same feeling of like having people come and, you know, sit to, to enjoy their food uh, while still, it's almost like you have to really connect the space with your food, uh, and uh, to really learn the culture uh, of uh, of our Somali food. So uh, this gives a chance people to to come and try it. Um.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that connection is like such a part of what you do, because I will never forget when we were at your restaurant once, um, there was a construction worker came up and he was kind of looking at the menu and you could tell he didn't know what was going on. And you just said to him and, you you know, in a little bit of broken Spanish, like, hey, brother, it's just like a burrito, but... Like with with chapati that I made and whatever, and he's like, okay, and then he tried it. Um, So I imagine it's important for you to be able to have those kind of interactions with your with your neighbors.
1: Trust me, that's like the biggest thing that really brings us, you know, a smile to our face seeing people uh, come, right? Just the fact that you make that connection. And I always utilize, you know, uh, I've always said in in many interviews that I had in the past where, you know, I have, uh, you know, I went to a restaurant, I've seen a, a sign that says, you know, come in as a as a as a customer, leave as a friend. But I've I always tried to utilize those words and say, "Hey, you come in as a friend um, in our space, but you leave as a family." So anybody that comes in, it's like you know, we we want to uh, you know have them to be part of the family because without them, you know, there wouldn't be uh, a restaurant, there wouldn't be anything of uh, Tawakal. So this is just really, uh, uh, it's 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 just an amazing thing to have that going.
0: I mean, speaking of your family. Yeah, hiya. So usually on this podcast, I'm talking to restaurateurs about, you know, how they're doing during the pandemic and about their restaurant. And of course, you know, I want people to know about Tawakal. But I actually, you have such an incredible story, you and your family coming here. And our listeners and I mean really everyone right now is just, you know, dealing with a lot. And you guys are so resilient and I just feel like there's so much to learn from your story. So if you could give us, you know, just a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this place where you opened this restaurant with yeah. your family.
1: Oh, thank you. Uh, so I, I guess, you know, the biggest the resiliency comes from, you know, um, growing up or where we came from and just like the struggle that we had faced, you know, prior to coming to the United States over two decades ago was, uh, you know, we have left back back in Somalia because of a, of a civil war. Uh, you know we had um, you know uh basically uh, crossed the border t- from somalia to uh kenya where we had lived in a refugee camp so we had pretty much almost like you know uh learned to to survive in 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 those you know um uh, uh those you know from one country to another and uh and it wasn't an easy thing but it was uh, so much that we had to learn from it and uh recreate our lives from you know uh, uh leaving a country that was at war to coming into another country where we were just in a refugee camp but at least that uh, we had our life uh um to continue to live but then uh, you know uh, we came to the United States as a, it it was just a, a blessing to be to come here. You know um, this is like we always say like you know we're living the American dream. What the American dream ha- has always been about is basically you know freedom of everything. And for us, uh, you know the the importance was like freedom of our life, right? Freedom of uh, of um, you know of our, of education, I guess. Uh, and that was kind of a a big thing for. Uh, especially my mom, who always pushed us uh, to, 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 to work hard, to, you know, um, working hard means like go to school, uh, do things right. And that really molded us to be who we are. And from, you know, from all those experience that uh, uh, that we had. Um, and then we come here and, and we try to live life that way. And the same thing, I'm, I'm doing it um I, I remember you know growing up like uh, i was telling my mom I'm like my you're so naive this and that you know uh and now as as an adult i guess um who have you know i have my own family where I'm doing the same thing to my kids, you know, as what my mom used to do that because, uh, you and know. What she
0: used to do was like, there's, you're what, one of eight children? Uh, yeah. Seven children?
1: Uh-huh. I have seven and sisters, yep. <laughs>
0: you have seven sisters, right, seven sisters. Um, and your youngest is not quite old enough to have gone to college, but... Uh, how many of those kids went to college? Uh,
1: so basically, all, all of my sisters went to college, yeah. uh, including myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and include, so now it's like I have a, a younger sister who's, uh, who's 12, I believe, uh, um, who's in, a, um, uh, what is it called, uh, an elementary school, finishing her last year of uh, uh, fifth grade. Uh, But yeah, so she's she's uh, she's a a geek, too, from having all these.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you guys came here not speaking English. It was it's just it's just an incredible story. You know, you you came here, you didn't even speak the language. Your mom raised you all as a single mother and managed to get seven um, eight children through school and, and now they all, you know, you might see any one of them at, at the restaurant. So so talk to me a little bit about Tawakal. Tell us what it means and then tell us about the restaurant itself.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the, the term, you know, Tawakal means uh, just a kid you know, if you break it down, it, you could continue, you know, literally uh, days of speaking on the term tawakal, we'll but uh, as in a shorter word, it means rely on. So the fact that, uh, you know, everybody has something to rely on, uh, to rely on life, right? For us, like, we rely on our community and the people that come to us because uh, without them, uh, again, Tawako is, is, is nothing, right? Um, so, uh, you know, with uh, being that, uh, you know, we always also rely on our family. So right now, like, you know, uh, at the restaurant, like, it's my sisters who are there. My mom is there. My, you know, again, my older sister who has her own family her and my mom take turns and, and definitely, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in there too. So it's, it's all, it, it is, uh, you know, what you hear about like, oh, it's a small, you know, uh, family business, but this is a small family business that's, you know, run down. And uh, I was just, you know, having a, a chat with a few friends the other day, I was like, I don't know anything about business, I said, but we know about food and that's always been the case. But in reality, I was like, I have to figure out, you know, I have to learn how to run a business. And the way we run at Tawako, it's like, it's not any ordinary business. (laughs) We run like, you know, it's uh, food coming out of, uh, you know, our uh, home kitchen. And, um, and that's incredible, and that's where really uh, creates that way uh, without really you know being very hungry for business is just more uh, you know for us it's all about offering you know the food that we've always uh, ate at home
0: and the food is insanely delicious and colorful and beautiful for those people who haven't tried it yet it- Explain to me, you know, what Somali food is about and maybe describe a dish or two.
1: So, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, people would ask me like, what's a Somali food? And, uh, you know, what Somali food is like, um, so... I just basically based on, like, what I've learned, I mean, I again, I've left Somali, Somalia years ago, even my history does not really mean much of, a, you know, the Somali history, but as far as, like, us being raised, it was like, you know, Somalia was colonized by Italy, so, uh, you know, we have dishes like pastas and the different, you know, sauces, how we make it, it's more like the Italian uh, uh, um, colonization that really, you know, uh, brought us those dishes um, uh, delicious and uh and then uh india did a trade in somalia so we use uh, a lot of spices from india when i say spices a lot of people are like oh my god it's spicy i can't do a spicy you know food so the fact that the food is not spicy it's when i say like spices it means like more like uh the the herbs like you know that we use like the cardamom uh, cinnamon uh turmeric all this uh you know spices that you would uh uh see it in india um and then uh and then again uh so many of the dishes are similar to to an indian food it's like the the breads that we offer like chapati similar to a naan like you know we make uh, sambusas which is similar to some you know samosas so there's a lot of similarities of of that end and then, uh, and then basically, you know, uh, Somalia being, uh, uh mainly a, a Muslim country. So we have, you know, dishes from like the, uh, Middle East. Um, so it's, it's a combination of, uh, uh, of all these type of cuisines. So from all around the world that, um, that when we basically use, uh, our spices, it pretty much becomes, uh, uh, the dishes that we grow up. Like it's the Somali dishes.
0: It's so deeply flavorful the goat and the lamb and the the saffron and the rice and you say it's not spicy and that's true my 11-month-old loves your food
1: <laughs> Thank but you
0: make some pretty intense hot sauce which is so good yes so that makes it that makes it spicy, and I want to know what's going on with the hot sauce because you know, I know that's another business that you guys kind of
1: have. Uh, yeah, I can't forget about that hot sauce. I've I've <laughs> been saying that I'm gonna do this hot sauce, you know. But uh, so the hot sauce, so, so we basically make, uh, you know, uh, homemade hot sauce. Uh, it's it's a uh, we have two kind of hot sauces. So we have what we have, you know, started about bottling it uh, for some time now and selling it in the store. Uh, in the restaurant is uh, the mango uh, chutney hot sauce, where. Um, you know, uh, I'm sure I have one laying around here. Uh, so it's uh, it's pretty much made of all these uh, fresh uh, produce. So it's there's nothing that's preservative and uh, it's vegan. Um, uh, all and with hot sauces nowadays, you'll see it. It's either spicy and it doesn't have a flavor, or it's just the flavor and it doesn't have a spicy. So this hot sauce has a, a, a kick to different levels from the heat. From the, taste. the habanero, the habanero <laughs> is what really creates it. It's just the sweetness of it, and the mango helps it. Uh, uh, you know, the mango also does uh, help much um, in uh, in in creating that. So you can utilize that with so many things. And, and we have also a coconut hot sauce. But again, we haven't tried to bottle it. I know that it, it, it requires more. I guess it's just strictly because of the coconut, uh, milk that it has in it. Um, but yeah, we haven't done anything. We're hoping, you know, somebody's going to uh, jump on board and, and, and help us, uh, move that along so that it could be, uh, product, uh, you know, um, for in stores. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So so if I'm coming to your restaurant, I'm obviously getting some hot sauce. Give me like the order. Like if I'm brand new to Somali food, tell me what I'm ordering.
1: Uh, you know, honestly, the the way I wouldn't even say it in Somali to tell you like, hey, I'm going to, uh, it's a, uh, you know, um, Dora Biryani. You're going to be like, what's a Dora Biryani? So we just say, hey, listen, uh, order the chicken and rice. <laughs> so as as simple as it is, that's a way to, uh, you know, to start your, your palates to learn. Because the fact that any dish that you try, it has like you're aware of it, uh, Catherine, like it is it has so much flavors. So flavors are we should change it to our middle name or the name of the restaurant. It's it's all about flavors. Right. Um. So I, for when you're you know, if you're new to the restaurant, if you're new to uh, to food, it, it all depends on what you like. But uh, you could start it off with, I would say, the chicken or or if you're really into like, you know, uh, really meat, I would say um, maybe try the goat or the lamp. Um, but then we also have you know extensive dishes that are uh, vegan and vegetarians which is um you know we have chickpea and spinach that's kind of our number one thing uh you know with, with rice and you could go with the bread like the 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 bread that you know the the chapati which we make, we make it uh fresh like at, at that moment that you're waiting from you know it starts out from the griddle to uh to your plate um yeah, so for vegetarians, like we have falafels, we have hummus, and again, as you know, that everything it's made uh, from scratch, so uh, and it's made uh, daily.
0: Yeah, people say, you know, my mom's recipes is this restaurant Like, no, your mom is actually in the kitchen washing the rice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blooming <yes>. the saffron, <laughs> telling you to move over so she can do the chapati the right way. Yeah, um, I do. I, you know, we did touch on on your story coming here, but I want to talk about your mom a little bit more, just because yeah. she does seem to be kind of the center of of Tawakal. Um, So tell me about your mom and how she manages to keep everything going at the restaurant and and how you all work together.
1: My mom, she is basically, she is the rock. Like, as people say, like, you know, so-and-so is the rock of our family or this, right? So my mom, she is the the person to be in charge. And, and I mean, just to give you, a, uh, you know, a quick story, like I remember when we opened the restaurant, she, you know, food was being made like, you know, a dish by dish, right? Which we still do it till this day. And I remember approaching her and be like, hey Ma, like, can we um try to cook all this food at once? And just so that we could, uh, you know, people are hungry when they when they come to the restaurant. She was like, you know, you have a choice. So she, <laughs> and then she that's how she talks. She was like, listen, you are basically, she was like, if you want me to be here, I'm going to do the way I'm going to do it, which means that I'm going to cook a dish by dish. So if you don't like it, let me know so I can walk away. So I have to, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I had need to
0: channel that kind of confidence. Yeah, she's earned it for one. Yeah,
1: and the fact, and it's, it's more like, I guess every culture has it, right? It all depends on the generation that you come from. Right. So the fact that, um. You know we were raised to respect uh your 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 parents your elders it doesn't matter whether it 's your mom, your grandmother, or a stranger. If they are older than you, there is that respect where you don't talk back you don't you know uh, it it doesn't matter i mean growing up in a refugee camp you know while you know our parents were out uh looking for a job to bring some something at home. We were raised uh, by you know by the village, so the fact that 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 was just kind of another thing of of learning the respect of you know your your uh, seniors, which it could be you know that person could be a day older than you. you you know they they you have to respect them. So going back to my mom, it's you know that's how you know what she is to us, and uh, and she has been. Um, You know, just even like when we came to the United States and again, uh, not knowing, you know, the, you know, the culture being new to us, uh, I remember her coming to, you know, a parent and teacher's conference uh, to school without, without knowing a single word of English, without knowing, uh, you know, how to read and write. She goes there with no interpreter to say what's going on with my kid you know <laughs> and um yeah
0: and show her face and yeah like, show I'm here her and face I'm
1: and and that was you know that was embarrassing for us but hey <laughs> she kept it uh that way and it's like like you don't need to go there you know Everything is good she was like, i don't care i'm, I'm going there <laughs> you know she'll storm uh you know to uh school and she'll you know that's how she always kept us uh going. And uh, that's, and until this day, that's how she is. And, you know, I might be, uh, you know, uh, as older with family, you No, know, she will talk to me like she had talked to me when I was, you know. Uh, she's still st- your mom, Mihaja, <laughs> yep, she's, she's still my still mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> Can't break that.
0: <laughs> so, you know, you were just mentioning the refugee camp again and I was just thinking about, um, through the pandemic, how you were able to Um, help with food and getting food out in Chelsea and how, I don't want to say it mirrors your experience at the refugee camp, but like you've been in a position where you were dependent on other people for food. And um, tell me a little bit about how your experiences at the refugee camp shaped um, how you felt through the pandemic and how Tawakal has been able to contribute.
1: Yeah. So, you know, it, it's an experience that, you know, sometimes like, you know, it doesn't matter whether the experience is good or bad. You always have to utilize it and, and, and make it something right. So for us, it was like, you know, being in a refugee camp, uh, you know, uh, waiting to get a ration. So we had to line up, uh, you know, every month and, uh, and basically wait for that ration to come to us. So that's an image that no one would ever forget because you were in line waiting for something to survive on. And, you know, we, we come to a country where you know we have so much you know whether uh, you have a job whether you know whether you have a job or not um, or whether you have enough money to go out there's always a food Uh, it doesn't matter you know I think I I always say sometimes uh, as you know being a homeless in the United States it's actually, uh, be, you know, they're in a better position than uh, someone who lives in a third world country in that situation because you are, again, you know, expecting food, uh, you know, a, a ration. By the same time, that ration would not last you, you know, um, would not last you a few days if you're lucky uh, to preserve that. Uh, so you have to figure out other means, uh, you know, to, to find to find a food. And then, uh, in, in the sense of the refugees, like, you know, we are, when you're a big family and you're getting like a half a gallon of, uh, of an oil uh, to, you know, cook for your food, that's not enough. Um, so the fact that, you know, my, my mom used to go out uh, to, you know, um, sell things that, you know, so that she could make money or sell wood or uh, whatever she was able to do to, to you know, um, bring that money and buy things, you know, f- food wise, um, you know, that was that was just, you know that's what she was doing for us. But then here we have food in the fridge, you know, and we have the option to actually open our fridge and say, hey, um, you know, there's a food that, you know, I don't want to eat this food, but I'm going to go out, uh, you know, to go buy something from a restaurant. So, you know, we have all this opportunity. And then when, you know, the pandemic happened, Yes, we might not, you know, we weren't making any money in the restaurant. Uh, we, every, you know, with everybody is in this together in the sense of restaurants. But at least we had the opportunity to say, listen, we still have, uh, you know, food for the restaurant. Um, it's it's our time to, you know, give. Uh, people, you know, have lost their jobs uh, who we at least, you know, whether we have lost our job, at least we have food to share. And that was like for us to opportunity without you know uh without questioning like oh are we gonna make money or not it was like yes we we are we gonna you know we have that resource why not um utilize that and 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 uh you know serve people without even making people feel like hey Oh, they're begging for food no it, it wasn't like that so with uh and again we had uh, the opportunity for uh, commonwealth kitchen and there's a, a farm in east boston called the community farm easty farm that they have reached out saying hey well, are you guys able to uh you know provide food at at cost meal where we you know it wasn't like for us to make money but at least to buy food and uh pay uh bills um, to do that we we were we were happy to do that uh and and we did that for some time and we were able to um you know create a form of volunteers to do deliveries and and even till now until this day we have families calling us saying hey you know they 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 don't have they don't have a job uh we don't question we basically say sure what's your address how many in the family and and we deliver it because we have it you know
0: yeah. I mean it says on the chalkboard right in your restaurant it says if you need food just ask. Yeah. Um and that's it's a pretty powerful thing to see and I'm sure it feels really incredible to be able to to do that for other people. I mean yeah. you guys are so generous. Um well we obviously wish you all the continued support and I'm you know craving Somali food now so I'm going to have to have to come in and get some. But before I let you go is there anything else, you know, going on with Tawakal or you guys or anything that you want to share?
1: No, honestly, Good like, listeners. we just really appreciate this opportunity, you know, to really, um, you know, talk to you once again. It's always great seeing you and uh, and the fact that just to, you know, uh, for, for the help that we're getting from people, just people supporting us because without them, you know, again, as I always say, like, there wouldn't be any tobacco. And we just hope to, uh, you know, not have to close our doors. Um, we just hope to really uh you know, get the support um and to to continue to to operate. And as, you know, many people as we get, which is really it it helps us. And not just it's not only just helping us um you know as a family, but also we have people that work for us who have family. So we still would love to, you know, it's almost like, you know, we have to support them. They are our responsibility as a as a as a business owner. It's a my responsibility is not just only uh, my kids. Uh, it's also everybody that uh, works at Tawoko at, at because um, they're also, or they might be in a tougher position than myself or they might be, you know. Um, so it, it, we we, ho- we hope to continue and still, uh, you know, be part of uh, uh, the business side.
0: I see you turning into a businessman, Nihaya. You say <laughs> that you don't know anything, but that sounded like somebody who's, <laughs> Who's carrying the weight of of a, of a business? <laughs>
1: Let's say that if that that if that's what businesses are, I, I'll I'll take it all day because, yeah, that that's uh, you know, they they are part of us, so we have to you know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. All right. Thank you so much, Yahaya. It was great to chat with you, and I look forward to my next biryani. Okay.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Likewise.
0: Take care. Bye bye.